Inside and Out today. Coming to us from my home state of Ohio, up in Akron, Monique Hayes. Monique, thanks for being on the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. So before we jump into all the cool shit that you do, right? I don't even know what to say. Like it's energy healing, it's embodiment coaching, it's all this stuff. I like to start every episode with asking another entrepreneur, right? If you were to give one piece of advice or one piece of advice you wish you would have been given prior to jumping into this rabbit hole that is self-employment, what is it that you wish you would have heard or what could you pay for to give to somebody that's considering it? Oh gosh. Um, prior to jumping in that your ego is going to scream at you every day and you have to just shut it up and do the work and be relentless and not give a fuck what anyone is thinking or saying, especially your family and your friends, your family will be your lowest support system at first. And, um, your ego is going to scream judgments at you every day. Don't do this. You're doing too much of that. And unless you're annoying yourself with how out there you're being, or you're putting yourself out there, you're not doing enough. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about when you first started, right? Cause you, you're setting me up for this. You and I prior to hopping on here for you to listen to, we talked about well, you and I were both left brain, right? We're more analytical. We're more driven that way. And somehow <laughs> your energy healing and embodiment, which is in my estimation, kind of like the opposite of left brain. Uh, how did, how did you even stumble upon this? What was that transition like from yeah. old, I'll say old version of you to now? What's that like? Yeah, definitely old version of me. I'm not even the same person I was. Um, well, I think that it, like everyone gets to their breaking point and mine was working in corporate and I had, I was finishing my master's degree and I was like doing all of the things that I thought that I should be doing. And I was like 24, 25 and oh, just so miserable. And I'm like, I am 25 years old. There's no way this is the end. There is no way this is like the, the Holy grail, the golden gate. Like there has to be something else. So, um, it actually started my switch to entrepreneurship through my own healing journey because I was just depressed, anxiety, asthma, eczema, bulimic. And um, I was 30 pounds heavier than I am now. And so I was just like, something's got to give. I'm seen as the health girl. I was on the health team and, and the corporate company I was with. And I was like the company's first wellness coach and all of these good things. But I was not like living that myself. And I'm obsessed with the brain being left more left brain minded. I was always obsessed with like, why do we do the things that we do? Like, where's the research and the behavioral mechanics and all of these things. I just couldn't find really anything that I was looking for. I conventional medicine wasn't doing um, what I wish that it would do and helping me. So I was randomly listening to a podcast like this personal development and um, it was some business and heard an interview about an emotional healer. And I was like, I don't even know what this is, but something inside of me is telling me to look further into this. So I went on this retreat in Costa Rica for a week. There was an emotional healer and an energy healer that co-facilitated the retreat. And I'd never heard of anything like that before. It questioned everything that I had studied or learned because I'm in public health. So I'm like, research, 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 more research, peer-reviewed research and all of this stuff. And, um, I, now I was presented with this topic of energy work where it's nothing that the eye can see, just everything that you can feel, but it felt so true 
So I came back and actually quit my job. And I'm like, I am just going to do this. I know I've talked, I have a twin sister and we're both in like the more like holistic alternative health and wellness. And she had already gone on her own and had built up a pretty steady client base. So she's like, just do this. If you're not going to do it now, you're not going to do it. I have, I can help you. I have clients that I can send to you. And so I had saved up a lot of money from that, from working in corporate. So I would recommend like have something saved. And I always knew worst case scenario, I could just go be a bartender if like entrepreneurship didn't work out until I figured out what I wanted to do. So yeah, so I came back, quit my job and just like started my own healing journey through that. I now lost 30 pounds. I'm no longer bulimic. I'm no longer depressed. I'm no longer anxious. Don't have asthma. Don't get allergies. No eczema anymore. I'm like, okay, I did this on my own so I can help other people do this. And that kind of started my entrepreneurship. And how long ago was that? That was um, 2016 and October of 2016 was when I went to Costa Rica. And then I quit my job in November of 2016. And then 2017 was like a straight rebuilding year and deciding how I was going to do this and um, doing some health coaching certifications. And then 2018 was when I went on my own. So uh, about two years ago. Okay. So that, that first retreat down to Costa Rica, right? My listeners know anytime I go to Costa Rica, it's Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. It's ayahuasca. It's all this stuff. Like I'm connected to the resort. I help facilitate the aftercare program there. I do a bunch of stuff. So that's my experience to Costa Rica. What was, number one, what coast did you go to? Where? Where was this? Who who facilitated it? Like I'm super curious because yeah, yours, yeah. yours was not plant based, right? Yours was correct. Nothing to do with psychedelics. Nothing to do with psychedelics. I feel like in 2016 there was talk of psychedelics, but it definitely wasn't how. I don't think it's like mainstream, but your listeners are very familiar with it, I'm sure. So I feel like it wasn't like how it is today. Um, but yeah, this was like straight deep diving, emotional, hardcore, lots of screaming and crying work. But it was in um, Atenas in costa rica was in the mountains and the the retreat is actually called the retreat it's um diana stobos she opened it there and um and yeah it was just this woman who did her own healing for being an emotional healer this other woman who had done energy healing for about 20 years they came together they held space for about seven of us and it was all just day, like during the day, we do a lot of deep emotional inner child work, if you're familiar with that. And a lot of, um, we were guided through some meditations to connect more with our subconscious and feel energetically. And that's actually when I learned I was an empath, which a lot of people actually are empaths, but they're not familiar. And we could go into that, like how to identify if you are that, especially during this time of year. Because some people feel like fucking crazy and they're like, why do I feel this way? Like, I don't even know what's mine and what's not. Chances are you're sensitive to your environment and there's tons of science to back that up. But um, yeah, and, and so I learned all of these new terms. And so it was just a lot of meditation, a lot of inner child work, a lot of going through and feeling emotions that you didn't actually feel the first time around, if that makes sense. Yep. And um, then just holding space for yourself to... Uh, relearn who you were essentially without any external influence from friends, family, work, coworkers, bosses, employees, and uh, and obviously like paradise. Costa Rica is amazing, and it's so it was 
the most incredible experience that I ever did. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I was so happy that I did it. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. Monique, was, that, was there Reiki involved? Or is it stuff like that as well? Like what, what were some of the modalities that existed during that, yeah. during that journey? And even your journey now, like I'm like, I'm like sure. rapid fire now. It's what was it and how does it work? And talk to me about em, em, being an empath and how do we identify that? Like just hit me with it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the both women who facilitated the retreat, they were attuned in Reiki. One of them was a Reiki master. She's also, um, she also practices tonic healing and matrix energetics. Um, and there was Reiki involved. And actually after that, when I came back from Costa Rica, we were uh, given uh, an energy healing session with her, which was like essentially a Reiki session. And she mixed some tonic and healing and matrix energetics into it. And it was a distance healing. And um, so it was over the phone cause she's based in Atlanta or not over the phone, but center recording active transmissions. We can talk about this and I can go further into it, but, um, yeah, that was my first experience with like, uh, working with a Reiki master and experiencing an energy healing and it rocked my world. I was like, what is this? I need to learn this. This is so helpful because she does a reading as well, um, with the healing. So she's doing the healing connecting to your energy body, doing the healing and then going through and recording everything that's coming up. And then you get the recording. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. Even what we perceive as matter is still energy. And actually atoms aren't even particle. They're energetic. If you look at an atom now, we have, um, uh, equipment that now shows us when we actually look into an atom, it's like a tornado of wind. That's all that it is. So it's not even particle like they once thought it was. Newtonian physics is so outdated. And so now we know that everything is energy and all energy is driven through intention. And so if you intend to connect with someone, you can, if you have their permission, obviously I was giving her permission because it was part of the deal of the retreat. So, so yeah, so we can connect with anyone, anytime. And, um, so that's what happens. And then she sent you the recording and then like she's putting, she's intending for these transmissions to go into this recording. So every time I listen to it, I receive the transmission, receive the healing, the more sensitive you are, the more you can feel it in your body. And yeah, so it like rocked my world. So then I became attuned in Reiki one and then Reiki two, and now I'm a Reiki master. And with each attunement, my intuition has then also expanded. So I can give readings to people. I love giving readings for people. It's just, you're reading their energy body. It's a different way of digesting the information. We're used to digesting information through sight, sound, touch, and um, hearing or sound. Yeah. Sound, hearing, touch, and like all of our physical senses. But we don't think that when someone walks into a room, you can feel the vibe of the room change. You're vibing off of people. You can cut the tension with a knife. We're just, we're picking up on energy. It's just a different way to break down the energy and receive that information that we're not really taught to expand upon growing up. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, like so, now I want to have you read me. Like, I don't know if it works that way. I don't know if I can just like throw you in the deep end, but man, I'm super curious about this. Like it's one, it's one part of right, my healing journey that I have not yet ventured into. My wife is super deep into this and she just went and saw a reiki healer here locally that was like you gotta go it's incredible because my wife's an empath and can very easily connect with right energy sources that are of this world and some that have passed on yeah. right like her her ancestral family is always present for her and so when i first i was like god with her which sounds strange right when we first met she's telling me all this stuff i'm like 
huh, like that doesn't really work. And then that's actually how she caught me being unfaithful, right? <laughs> when we first got together it was the middle of the night. Her grandfather's like, no, he was with this other woman. And she like snapped out of bed and like, hey, you were doing this. I'm like, how would anybody know this? Yeah. Which completely changed my belief system and what I thought I knew versus what is. So I digress. Right before you get into, read me if you want to, if it even works that way. But how would somebody know if they're an empath, right? Because my wife's an empath yeah. through and through. Like, how, how do you know? How can you, and then how do you handle that once you uh, tap into that amount of empathy that can exist? Yeah, definitely. So there are many, many different types of empaths. Um, and you know, so there's empaths and then there's also what's called highly sensitive people who aren't quite empaths, but they're very, very sensitive to the energy around them. And so, um, you know that you're an empath or a highly sensitive person. If you're walking into a crowded space and you get overwhelmed, if in the morning you feel one way, you go through your day and you come home and you're in a different, completely different mood. And you were just told, and this is like on repeat. So like, or you have conversations with people and after every single person, you are feeling a different feeling. You're in a different mood. So after we talk, I'm like super high vibe because you're giving off high vibe um, energy. And then I go talk to someone else and they're a Debbie Downer. And then I like want to cry. I'm just picking up on your energy. So if you're someone who does that, if you're someone who you just know things, you like the sense things and someone walks up to you and they don't even have to say anything. You're like, Hey, what's going on? Is, is everything okay? And they're like, Oh, how'd you know? You're probably an empath or a sensitive person. If you feel very drawn to or connected to animals or nature, you are probably an empath or a highly sensitive person. And if you experience things when you like walk into a room, you can just feel the energy shift and like everyone else is having a great time. And you're just like, something feels off or something is shifting. Then you're probably picking up on the energy of the space because everything holds energy. If we walk into a restaurant and someone just had a really gnarly argument at the table that you're sitting at and you sit down and all of a sudden you get irritable, then that energy is just like hanging out there because no one's cleansed it. So you're picking up on that. So chances are you're an empath. So if you're super irritable in different settings, if you get overwhelmed easily in crowds, typically if you're anxious or depressed, those are common symptoms of empathy because you're not learning how to cleanse your energetic body, which we can totally talk about. And, um, and if you can feel like empaths can actually feel some empaths can feel the emotions of other people. So like I could practice tuning into you right now and then go through. And if like, if something is happening in your heart, then I might feel like a heaviness in my heart or a tightness in my chest when it's really, you're the one that is experiencing that. Or like, maybe you're really excited. And so I might feel like my stomach is doing somersaults and I'm just picking up on that. Um, so there, those are like the main ways to tell if you're an empath, just noticing how you feel around crowded around crowded settings or around a lot of people, how you feel after conversations with people, how you feel in the morning versus the evening. Are you connected to nature or animals? Um, do you just feel like you're like different in a sense of just like, you're kind of a loner. Like maybe you want to be social, but you can only handle like five to 10 minutes of social settings and you're just like, get me the fuck out of here. And so, um, so yeah, that, that could be one. And then if you just kind of can vibe off of someone like, Hey, I can tell that, uh, something's up. What's, what's going on then. So I'm an empath then, right? I, I get to, it sounds like I, I check those boxes on, on my side, which 
I'm super fortunate. Like I'm happy by from that, right? I'm a coach, consultant, whatever you want to say. So, so much of what I do is being able to kind of, as I say, cut through people's bullshit, right? Because we have our stories that we're running and we don't want to, you know, relinquish that control and that power. And so we keep our walls up and we do all these things. And I said across, like I, even as you and I are having this conversation, right? If you're listening, I'm actually face to face with Monique via Zoom because I can get, for me, I have to see, like if I can see somebody, if I can see them, right? I don't know how to, or as an energy, I don't know anything I know about it, but I don't know how to read that or see that. But I can instantly, if I can see you, I know if there's things that are off, dialed in, right. And that's always been my thing. And right from my necessity for comparison versus my wife who can talk to dead people, I'm like, oh, I can't really be an empath because she has all this crazy ability. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just a guy. But just like you said, crowded rooms, I'm good for like five or 10 minutes. And I just, yeah. I don't want to be there anymore. It's not, I'm, I just don't want to be there, right? Like yeah. it's, it's not enjoyable. And I was like, man, this is crazy because I didn't used to be. I, I was the guy that was throwing crazy parties in New York City and wanted everybody around me all the time. And now it's like, yeah, like I'm really good just sitting outside yeah. reading a book is like my, my piece. It's, that's my excitement. Yes. And I, I really want to touch on that because you brought up a great point. Um, one, your wife is, is a mediumship empath and you feel like an intuitive empath. So there are uh, there's lots of different types of empaths. Um, so because you can't talk to dead people doesn't mean that. <laughs> and two, people do become more empathic. They can become more empathic, especially as they do their own personal development and or healing work. So what happens is energetically, we're always exchanging energy with everything, with spaces, with situations, with people, with animals, with plants, with everything. This is why we feel better in nature. And so when we are younger um, and we experience traumatic events, and when I say tra trauma, I don't mean like you watch someone die in a car accident. I mean, you didn't feel like you were receiving enough attention from your caretakers. So whatever it is. So at, at a very young age, we don't know how to express those emotions. So we hold on to them. Emotions are energy and they want to be moved. So that energy then we are carrying with us and carrying with us and carrying with us. It's just like at the gym. Like, we you know, if, if you're like doing, if you're doing a workout and you're just like putting more weight in the bar, putting more weight in the bar, putting more weight in the bar, pretty soon the bar is going to be really freaking heavy. And so we carry all of this energy with us and it's like acting as this um, protective shield. And so we are seeking experiences that help us feel more. So by throwing parties with a bunch of people or by always wanting to be around other people, you're seeking those external experiences to help create an internal response. Whereas when you start doing your own healing work and or personal development, and then you start doing more intrapersonal or intrinsic reflection, then you recognize like, hey, I have been carrying this tension in my chest for 10 years. And I realized that I got into an argument with my mom when I was 13 years old and never actually forgave her for whatever she did. So then you maybe cry or you release or you yell with the intention of for forgiving that experience and you release that emotional energy. You're finally allowing it to move through you, which then we actually feel lighter after we cry, we feel lighter. So then you're allowing space for more um, higher vibrating um, emotions and energy to come in. But when that happens, you're releasing all of this weight from your energetic body. You're cleansing. When you are a kid and you play in the dirt, you shower. When you, if you never showered, we'd be a pretty dirty adult. 
yes, the dirt would dry and it would cake up and it would like, you'd be able to scrape it off. But if you looked really close at your pores, you'd see dirt inside your pores. So the same thing with energy, if we're never like cleansing our energy field or releasing those emotions, then we're going to be pretty dirty energetically and really heavy. So once we allow for that to happen, we become more sensitive to the energy around us because there's less like weight or bulk that's blocking us from the field. Does that make sense? So that's why people become more sensitive and they have like crazy experiences after like a radical weekend or like going to an event like Rhythmia or something like that, where you do a lot of like in this intense inner work and you're releasing all the stuff that you don't even know you're holding on to because we can't, most of us can't see our energy. We can't, we can barely feel it. So we don't know that we're holding on to this. We just know that, Hey, I didn't used to feel this way. And now I do, I used to love crowds and now I can handle them for 10 minutes. And that is a good sign that you're doing a lot of um, healing in your own journey. I love it. I, I mean, this is like, when he, this is so like, I can't even beyond fascinating to me because what you're describing is a journey that I've went on without knowing that I was going on it, right? Yeah. Where infidelity, lies, all this stuff from in my 20s and 30s, like into my early 30s, I'm 35 now, right? So then looking back at some of the childhood things that went on to me, and we all have our own story of trauma, but between right, divorces and things that went on right from my, my youth and then never really coming to terms with that, but not realizing that's what it was then coming to terms with it, doing some inner child work, doing a lot of the, I don't know, a lot, but more exercises than probably most would care to know about of screaming and yelling and hitting pillows and all types of stuff. of like, that's what I wanted to do when I was little. I just didn't have permission to do it. Yes. And then it's like, as that starts shifting and I start becoming more in tune with who I am and my wife pulls so much out of me, like she, she has completely changed my life over the past six years of just helping me have more and more permission for myself and then just like you're saying, it used to be parties and large events were fine. And then that's migrated into the fact of like, I'm in this office and I work and like talk about powerful. Like I would have said, I hated to be in nature. Now I have like no shoes on most of the time. If I can ground myself outside, like after this call, I love talking to you. I'll go outside. I'll walk around on the grass for five or 10 minutes for my next call. Cause I want to feel the earth. Like I just want to connect with things. And then Right, even as we talk about arrhythmia, right? Because I'd love to talk about psychedelics and kind of some of the things that you know you know versus I've experienced and, and that cross correlation. I had done so much work for so many years that by the time I got to arrhythmia, which is my first like heavy psychedelic experience, I didn't purge at all. I didn't get rid like, and everybody around me is like vomiting and having this miserable time and all these breakthroughs, and it's like the most relaxing, enjoyable thing to me in the world. And started diving deeper and deeper and deeper into why and it's like i had done so much work releasing all that pent-up energy that i had really jerry powell the founder of me describes it that we swallow these baggies of energy like all the emotions all the experiences and they're covered in plastic and ayahuasca just melts the plastic and they're, they're coming out right they're they're not going to be locked in anymore and whether that's vomiting or diarrhea or laughing or shaking or who knows what they could be as far as a, a, a purging experience but in hearing what you're sharing, the way I'm receiving it, it's like I walk down this path that actually exists, right? This isn't some manufactured thing in my head of like, oh, no, no, this is, this is like a logical progression that I got to experience without being guided, right? Which is, in my side, a pain in the ass. It would be much easier if I knew there's an actual path I could have walked down and, and paid somebody to like help me through because, oh, what is this fucking confusing for a long time? It's like, 
I'm a different person now. I don't have any of the same friends. I can't communicate the same way. Like things in my head don't make sense on paper. Like what is happening to me? Because I feel more intelligent, more connected, more in tune, more. It's like, I feel like a heightened version of self. Like what has happened? And there's actual things that have really happened apparently. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It feels like you were just kind of intuitively guided down this path. And that's a big misconception around healing is people, we, we read quotes and we hear people talk about energy healing or just healing in general and like working through uh, your trauma and evolving and transforming and all of those are great. It's great to describe it as that. However, it is very fucking confusing. It is very hard and it is a lot of resistance. Like a lot of resistance comes up around this work and our bodies want us to thrive. Our bodies want to thrive in a state of health. And your body is always communicating with you. Like whether it's, um, for an example, you said that the founder of Rhythmia explains us as like swallowing energy. And like literally your throat center, your throat energy center is connected to every single illness, disease, condition, diagnosis, because we all have the power of what? Choice. And that comes from deciding with our throat. Like we speak our choice. We vocalize our choice. We take action through choice. We're deciding what we want. And so if someone's indecisive or if someone's choosing not to do something that serves them, or they're choosing to do something that doesn't serve them because they don't know better or whatever, then eventually the body's going to throw you symptoms and say, Hey, wake up. Something is happening. Like you need, I, I tried to give you symptoms through like a heaviness in your throat or a sore throat or just like bringing people into your life to teach you lessons, but you're not getting the picture. So instead I'm going to throw up, throw out a diagnosis like, um, hypothyroidism, or I'm just going to, you're just going to continuously like repeatedly get sick over and over again until you finally realize that one, you need to rest, two, you need to speak up for yourself, three, you need to set some boundaries or whatever it may be. I know that's kind of a side note, but you talking about that made me want to bring that up about like the body is always communicating with you and you will, you will be intuitively led down this path of healing that is difficult. It's not easy. And that's why not everyone does it. If you do do it, like you said, you are so connected to nature now. And like, you obviously have a much better relationship with your wife and think of how all of the work that you've done on yourself will help your children. And, and so it's just a matter of you are showing up for yourself and you're being, allowing yourself to be guided. And yeah, it's difficult. And yeah, you don't want to do it every day, but when you can do that, and then you look back, even in three months, six months, let alone a year, two years, and you're like, who was that person? I'm grateful that that person got me here but who was that? I feel bad for them. And a lot of us will have those stories if we allow ourselves to do the work and not get caught up in this um, idealistic fantasy that healing is like butterflies and fairies. And because it's not, it's like you're in the trenches and it is not the easiest and it, and it's really hard to do on your own. So rock on that you were able to continue pressing forward um, without like a guide or a guru to, to support you well certainly and I, I want to make sure i always give credit where credit is due i've had plenty of coaches mentors i've had people yes. that i pay but nobody in this energy space that yes. right is my i'll say holistic evolution has consistently evolved where it's no longer just science it's no longer just ritualistic it's looking at all of the tools that exist inside of life in totality right when i hear you talk about disease one of the most fascinating things for me is we start looking at the root words that 
create the words that we use like this ease your body is showing you you're no longer in ease and so right and then even mirroring that with what you're talking about energy so like chakras right i'm like okay this is all voodoo nonsense right and all this stuff that was an old version of me i believe it to be true in its own right now but then going and getting imaging taken of like your your aura and your chakras and seeing and these people that don't even know you like my throat chakra was very it wasn't illuminated right and they're like what are you not saying that you want to say i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like no no, no you, you're you, and i'm like oh shit there's a whole bunch of stuff i don't say that i want to say like i do swallow everything but then i look at it it's a it's a learned behavior that i still have to work through as a child and then it's not really even just me it's generational right so now i'm healing generations of trauma it's not just the presentation that exists now and i think that's one of the fascinating things as i've went down this journey your life could have been great as you're listening like your parents could have been awesome you could have had almost no trauma whatsoever your biggest issue could be like you wanted a flintstones vitamin and you didn't get one on time and that's your trauma yes like you're still carrying the lineage in my in my opinion of generations and generations of pain and trauma that no one has, maybe not no one, but your parents and their parents didn't have all the tools that we have now. So there's this incredible, like great awakening, I'll call it, right? If we talk about, right, the ascension and and what we're going through as a society, for some of us that are going from that, right, third dimension to fourth dimension to fifth dimensional reality, because it's like, holy shit, like all this stuff is right here now. Like I, I can paint my numbers backwards. I had no idea what the hell I was going through real time. But now that I'm here, it's like all this shit makes sense. Yeah. It, it yeah, sounds like you're you're agreeing, right? I'm not I'm I'm okay if I'm crazy. I like how I think. So I'm I'm good with my craziness. So, so much I'm agreeing. Like actually the term for that is called transgenerational epigenetics. And you can heal up to seven generations of lineage just by doing your own healing in both directions. So your elders and then your children, your children's children and, and so on. So yeah, transgenerational epigenetics is an actual thing. It's newer in science. But, um, and like, what is science? It is, it, science is mysticism until it's proven. So it's just, we can't, it's, it's foolish of us to put these labels on like, well, where's the science to back that? Or what's the science around that? You can find science for anything if you're actually looking for it. But a true scientist never actually makes definitives because they know that there's something that they don't know. And with energy work, I think that there's, there is this big awakening happening. And I, to your point of your, your healing stuff that your parents or your grandparents didn't, didn't take time to do because one, I do think that the awareness factor for our generation is, is there. It wasn't there in their generation. And we're, we're like the, the why, like, why are things the way they are? Why do things happen the way that they do? Why is no one questioning any of this? And so I think that there's definitely this shift, um, throughout like societal in general, worldwide, actually in general. And, um, but yeah, when we work on ourselves, we heal our parents' trauma and our grandparents' trauma. And when people come to me for an energy healing session, a lot of times they're holding on to their trauma from like their mom, their grandparents, their paternal side, like whatever the maternal or paternal side. And I'm like, you're holding on to stuff that's not even yours. But how the heck do you know that you don't? Which is why like we then subconsciously recreate these patterns in our life and bring in people in our life. And we're like, why does this keep happening? And it's because you have signed up to enter this life with this family that has these issues that you're, that you've signed up for your duty to heal from them and then therefore heal your family. 
And so it just takes someone like an energy healer or, or someone similar to help release that energy or, or facilitate the releasing of that energy from our own energy body because we are made of our mother's cells and, and our father. And so, of course, we would carry their energy with us until we deliberately, intentionally, because energy is driven through intention, cut those cords or release ourselves from their energy and what they have been carrying with them. Oh, absolutely. And then we were talking about it before we hopped on here about even just the difference in the way that people feel. And this is a generalization, which I don't like to make, but we were having an off the cuff conversation around right, Columbus as a city in Ohio being more progressive and being more forward thinking. And then maybe as you travel to some of Southern Ohio, that it starts to regress a little bit backwards. And as you travel into some of the surrounding and adjacent states, that it's almost like you're going backwards it's funny almost energetically and through lineage of like wait hold on like this is this feels like my grandparents yeah here like the way that people process things and i find it to be so fascinating how there's these right um, energies that exist in certain cities of a different level of acceptance awakening like i travel i think that's why Lindsay and i my wife love venice beach and love california so much because there's just little pockets of people that are just very attuned to themselves and in tune to nature and it's like there's just a beautiful energy there i don't care right as far as the labels that we put on ourselves of liberal or conservative or republican or democrat like i admittedly just don't give a shit about that i don't know about, i don't fit in those boxes but it's it's so interesting to see and to know that there's i'll call it science but there's there's re rationale behind why these things exist now right like yes. that we're waking up with people like you helping is, is really what it comes down to and that you almost weren't on this path. Like when I hear like, it's crazy. Had you not said I was bulimic before then you like kind of like fucking skip over it. Like it's no big deal. Like, yeah, there's eczema and bulimia. And then it's just like, Oh, wait, huh? Excuse me. Because what, what you can't see, right. I'm sure you can hear it, but I get the pleasure of seeing Monique right now. Right. She's right in shape and vivacious and energy and everything is, is beautiful, right? It, it, it's in an appropriate manner. I hope you certainly yeah, receive it that way. But to think of that there was so much pain and trauma and things that exist in your life that there was a 30 pound heavier version that was also experiencing bulimia. Like, it's like you, you've morphed into an entirely different person, not only physically, but metaphorically as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I mean, that's one thing too with bulimia for me I think I was bulimia for like eight years or something like that and then it was binge eating and anorexia like that whole cycle of disordered eating and I know a lot of females and males they experience issues with food and I will say that it's not the food or it's not like it's it's not the food that's the problem it's why you're doing what you're doing and think about it when we are eating we're what we are putting things into our body that are shoving other things down. So those other things are emotions. So all eating disorders come with emotional baggage that you're refusing to feel, or you don't know how to feel, or you're scared to go into. And a lot of eating disorders have to do with wanting to always be in control. And so there's a lot of things that, I mean, every disorder or dis-ease in the body has an emotional component to it that we're avoiding. And so if we can just suck it up and face ourselves and ask, why do I keep doing this? What are the feelings that I'm feeling every time I'm 
going into the kitchen or reaching for an alcoholic beverage or reaching for that cigarette. Like, what am I hoping to get from this? And are there other ways that I can do it? So it's just about changing that narrative in our mind and releasing those, that emotional energy. And once you release that emotional energy, like this might sound a little, a little out there for people, but that is stored energy. It's just stored energy. Energy comes in other ways than food. If you're always take, especially for empaths, if you're always taking on other people's energy and you're never releasing it or disconnecting yourself from it, and you're just taking on more and more and more and you're the people pleaser and you're like, yes, dump all your problems on me or people just come to you and they're like, I don't even know why I'm telling you this right now, but I'm telling you this and you're really easy to talk to. And you're like, yeah, that's great. But I want to talk to someone too. Like you're energetically taking on that energy and storing it in your body. Therefore it's going to eventually show as weight. And so what you can do is one, release it <laughs> two, feel the emotions that you're feeling that you want to feel that you may be scared to feel and then ask like where you're trying to protect yourself because also weight is a protection so for highly sensitive people or empathic people especially in business like you are always literally just throwing yourself out there meeting random people you don't know what their story is you don't know what baggage they're coming with so if we're just going into meetings like you don't know me i could be a psychopath right now and like but you're openly like we're face to face yes it's through the internet, but we're face-to-face. -face, so we're exchanging energy right now. You don't know what I have or haven't done. I don't know what you have or haven't done. So let's say like we're doing that 15 times a day with people on some days. And then think of how many random people you're coming into contact with, having your own business or wanting to be in business. How many people you message online, that's an energetic exchange. How many people you are meeting at networking events, that's an energetic exchange. Every handshake, every passerby in the hallway, all energetic exchanges. And you're an empath or a highly sensitive person and you don't know how to disconnect from that or cleanse your energy at the end of the day or the end of the event. Think about how much crap you're carrying with you that's not yours. Of course, you're going to want to feel protected on a subconscious level because you feel it, it's almost like you're, oh, I wish that everything didn't have to be so politically correct right now because I just want to say like, it's almost like you're like energetically raping yourself because you're just giving yourself to all these people unknowingly. And then you're not knowing how to like take your power back, take your energy back, disconnect from their energy, disconnect from their vibe and all that stuff. So I would love to give a couple ways how to do that real quick. Yeah, because I need it. I mean, shit, I'm, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir right now. Yeah, hit me with it. Yeah, so um, there's a couple different things that you can do. I'll give three. So one of them, and most of them, or this one is visualization. So I stress the importance of visualization. You understand the importance of visualization. I stress the, the importance of visualization because your mind and your brain doesn't know what's actually happening versus what's being imagined. We all know this when we think about someone that we want to see naked, we get excited. Your heart starts racing. You might feel fluids in other places. You might, your mouth even might salivate thinking of kissing them. You think of eating your favorite meal on things on Christmas dinner or whatever, Christmas brunch, whatever you do, your mouth is going to start salivating. You're not actually eating. Your brain is just imagining. So this is the importance of visualization. So, um, everything is a frequency of vibration everything. I'm being shown as the frequency of Monique. You are showing yourself as the frequency of Ryan. Um, your microphone is a frequency of a microphone. So everything is a frequency of vibration and we are all vibrating at different rates of frequency. So everything does. So golden light, light is one that there's all different levels of, um, levels of vibration. So golden light is very, very high vibrating, golden or white light, whatever you want to call it. Very, very high vibrating. So what happens is we can intentionally use golden light to 
help shield our energy body without feeling like we need to protect ourselves with that added weight or that added energy. So this is a great like preventive exercise. So before you know you're going to a networking event or before you're having a conversation with someone or whatever, you can just take less than five minutes and you can close your eyes. You can just imagine a ball of golden light like right above your head and just feel the golden light. Like um, you can imagine yourself looking at yourself. You can imagine yourself just like if you're really good at, at just feeling things, just feel it move down over you. Some people do better with like seeing it, but just feel it ooze down. I like to use the descriptive of honey. So just feel it like start to drip down on top of your head like honey. Feel the warmth of the golden light move down over your forehead, down the back of your head, over your eyes, over your ears, over your nose, your mouth, your neck. Feel it move down your chest and down both arms into your hands. You can just go through this very short visualization of just feeling this golden light covering your entire body, dripping down over your torso, down to the small of your back, over your hips, down your legs, into your feet. And then you can just feel, set the intention to feel the warmth of the golden light as you're visualizing it moving down your body, and then just feel yourself totally encapsulated by the golden light. So golden light is very high vibrating, like I said. It doesn't allow lower vibrating energy to penetrate it. So you can, this is just something that you can use for anything. You can use it for anything, any, any um, interaction with someone. So then two things that you can do after interactions with someone is one, again, energy is driven through intention. So this is when your intention here will work with ritualistic humans like rituals. So it's called an, uh, just an energy sweep. So you will begin at your shoulder and move down to your hand and you just sweep three times, literally like Jay-Z brushing off your shoulder. So you sweep three times on each side and you can repeat that like twice on each side and you're just setting the intention to sweep off any energy that's not yours. Um, it's very effective. I used to use it when I first started, I would use those two things all of the time. Um, I would use them more often than I do now, but just use those as, as often as you need to, and you'll feel the difference. You'll feel the subtle difference. And the last one is return to sender. So return to sender is working with intention. It's very, very simple. It's just simply stating whenever you're feeling heavy after a conversation or feeling overwhelmed after an encounter, you're just close your eyes, center yourself, feel, feel yourself in your body and just set the intention to release anything that's not yours. I return anything that's not mine to wherever it came from. So you're just returning it to center. You're just setting that intention to allow the energy to be released. So I return whatever is not mine to wherever it came from and then call your energy back. And I call all of my energy back from wherever it came from, from wherever it was. That's something that you should be doing every single night at the end of the day, just to kind of disconnect from the day, bring your energy back into your body. Um, and then wake up the next morning, notice how you feel, notice how you feel throughout the day. Cause how you feel in the morning is a pretty good indicator of where you're at. Um, it's like a good set point. And then, um, throughout the day, if you're feeling like overwhelmed, do one of those three things. You can also run your hands under cold water. If you don't feel comfortable doing those, run your hands under cold water to get you back into your body to calm down your nervous system. And, um, that will help ground you a little bit in settings and then do one of the energy clearing techniques afterwards that's some big stuff monique yeah i, I love that I, thank you for sharing that that's some really really powerful powerful stuff for all of us to be able to implement i don't say i simply maybe not easily right because I, I love the fact you said right we're pattern-based creatures 
it's going to take is I've said it over and over again as people have listened. Right, you get this false placebo lift for the first twenty-one to twenty-seven days. You get the twenty-seven to sixty-five. You're in this chasm of chaos where which way should I go? The new version, the old version. So do this stuff for seventy days in a row, and it'll start to become more habitual. Where it's you know baked into your uh, basically automatic processing system inside your body. But I, I now that leads me to a question around food that I've been dying to ask. Yeah, of course. Are you vegan, vegetarian? Do you eat meat? I'm always curious with the transfer of energy from food to people because I believe the way that the right we Lindsay and I right we we eat meat. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but we yeah. Honestly, it's okay. I'm just buying it away. But I like meat. But we get a grass fed cow. We get access to the cow early, right? We not bless it, but there's an intentionality set that yes. it's, it's for nourishment. We're using all of it. It's killed in the, in the quickest, most humane way possible. It's not like this slaughterhouse. Yes. I believe that energy passes from food to us, you know, from what we consume consistently. That's not only, you know, meat products, that's also fruits and vegetables. Like it, it's everywhere. Do you, I'm, I'm right. Everything's energy. So I believe the same thing. You're nodding your head. So what's your take on food and how that looks inside the body? Yeah, 100%. I think that there, I know, I know that there is a a different energetic uh, frequency of different foods. Live foods have a higher frequency than processed foods. You can tell when someone has a highly processed diet because they're literally gray. They are gray, they are beige, they have like no color to them whatsoever. Um, And they may also like look or feel depressed, like like their body looks depressed. Um, So eating a food or eating a diet rich in whole live foods like plants is essential for us because they do have a higher, um, a higher frequency of vibration, which will then help us raise our vibration and going into a little bit of the energetic side of just plants real quick. Um, our energy centers or chakras, as you describe them, they are connected to nerve bundles in the body. So it's just where the, the major nerve bundles are in the body. Those are the energy centers that yogis or Sanskrit term has, has dubbed as chakras. And so when you, um, when you eat different fruits and vegetables, they correspond vibrationally with different centers in the body. Some people will say this is, um, what's it called when things are fake, uh, pseudoscience, And, um, because there's not a lot of proof on this, but from my own healing experience, I definitely resonate with this of just different colors of foods vibrate with different centers in the body, which, um, may, I don't say, I don't think they help like heal anything, but they definitely help balance out those centers, which then helps balance out the nerves connected to those centers, which then helps balance out your nervous system. We're all way too stressed. So it's, if we can get our nervous system balanced in the parasympathetic response, the more we can do that, the better. So definitely uh, live whole foods are extremely important. Um, a mixture between raw, lightly sauteed or lightly cooked. I am a fan of, I'm not a fan of the raw food diet at all. I think it's really hard on the digestive system. I will say that organic fruits and vegetables, just for the microbiota of them, they have their own microbiome and they have different um, nutrients and different, um, they have different like chemical or like makeups than those that are raised through like having Roundup sprayed on them or just conventionally raised. So then we, as we eat those, we uptake the bacteria of those foods in our gut and our guts are not as, um, the, the diversity of bacteria is not what it once was. 
And so by eating organic fruits and vegetables, like knowing they have to fend for themselves, um, out, fend for themselves out in the wild, like they, they are fighting off bugs and, and other like other things that can affect the food. So that helps us fight off bugs and fight off viruses and fight off stuff like that. So I definitely think that organic fruits and vegetables, they have a higher vibration to them and then conventional and then processed and packaged foods. When it comes to meat, 100%, you absorb the stress that your animal felt. You absorb the diet that your animal ate. You, this is why, one reason why we eat meat is because the, the cow, like cows have what, what is it? Seven stomachs or something like that. Like they have the, um, anatomy to break down all of the plant fibers and all then digest all of that stuff as it should be. And, but they hold on to the nutrients. When we eat that cow, we absorb those nutrients. They're way more bioavailable through meat products than they are. If we were just eating pounds and pounds and pounds of plants and way easier to digest on us. So yes, humanely raised, sustainably raised, like grass fed or like the natural diet that they should be eating. All of these things matter when you are looking for meat products. I definitely eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. There are nutrients from meat that there are nutrients that we can only get from meat, essential nutrients that we can only get from meat, essential meaning our body doesn't make them and we can only get them from meat. Choline being one of them, well, from eggs, but animal products and choline is so important for the brain. And I can go on a tangent about this, but yes, sustainably humanely raised meat is very important. I think in the diet, do I think some people go off the edge and eat too much meat? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that there's one diet for everyone? No, absolutely not. I think it's just kind of figuring out where you go, where you fall into this, but you want to try to get like, like I said, humanely raised, sustainably raised, natural fed diets, um, like living in a pasture free, killed quickly and, and um, side note, but killed quickly and, and like, so they it didn't experience a lot of stress. They had, they were able to get out in the sun and have vitamin D touch their, touch their bodies. Um, and then the conventionally raised, like I, th I think that, um, limiting conventionally raised meat is important because our bodies pick up on that stress. The animals know they're very energetic. Animals are very energetic and they can feel when something's happening. So they're living their entire life in a shelter where they're not seeing sun. So not only are they not making essential nutrients that, um, will get passed on to us, but they're also very, very stressed. And so then you can see that when people eat a lot of conventional meat, like fast food, then they also have high stress levels just from their diet. Their stress levels rise just after they eat um, one meal. It's nuts. But, and yeah, and, and then you'll have people that will say like, oh, it's not humane to kill animals. What do you think happens in nature? Like, what do you think happens in nature? Animals eat other animals. And so it's just, that was just a side note. So yes, I do think it's very important to have a diverse diet and to eat a variety of foods, meat included, live whole plants included, herbs and spices, so important. And also herbs and spices will help with the carcinogenic effect that comes with cooking meat. So if you, if you flavor your meat raw prior to cooking it, it will help with uh, minimize or mitigate all of those effects. And then um, consuming just uh, with the seasons a diverse, um, a variety of food. Man, I love that. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> I love what you're sharing, and that and then brings me to another question, right? From my psychedelic experience, the first time that I had a right, a, a larger psilocybin experience, right? Mushroom, mushroom based. It's coming on the backside of it, and it wasn't like I didn't see dragons and demons, like nothing crazy. Trees didn't turn into monsters, but we had 
alcohol present that I could see. I'm not, I'm not a drinker, but I could physically look at the alcohol. I'm like, it looks dark and not like it wasn't a dark liquor. It was the energy, the vibration. I started realizing that, holy shit, like there's a re like alcohol is a low vibration. It's a low frequency. It's a low everything. And so as I've guided a few other people um, through their own psychedelic journeys, like I literally towards the end of the experience, like show them how alcohol looks and feels like, holy shit, like it feels bad and they're not consuming it, but they can see and that how much of our society then is tied to the escapism provided by alcohol. And I'm not condemning, like if you, if you drink, you drink, I, I'm not judging you for it, but how different my life feels when I have not, I mean, I haven't had anything to drink since my wife and I's wedding two Mays ago, or like it's just not part of something that energetically feels right to me. What's your take on alcohol as far as the energy, the vibration, the frequency in which exists from that? Right now, obviously, we can drink potato-based vodka that the potatoes are grass-fed and everything. Everybody's happy when they're, you know, distilling it down. But there's still something there, at least from the way that I view it, because I can only see that from a psychedelic experience, right? I don't know that I'm, I'm tied into that enough and reading energy as a quote-unquote normal member of society. Like, I needed to have that heightened sense of awareness provided by psychedelics. Yeah, what do you think on, about, about that? Yeah, 100%. Um, just a side note that everybody has the ability to like read or see or feel into energy. I just want to mention this because you mentioned it. And um, it's just we're not taught how to develop those skills. Like we're taught how to read a book. We're taught how to hear phonetically the words that we're hearing. We're taught how to speak words. But we're not taught how to develop these intuitive senses that we all have. Uh, so yes, I'm very passionate about developing these and like tools like ayahuasca or psychedelics can definitely help you in the developmental process of those through also doing your own healing work, um, I believe. So, um, referring back to alcohol, uh, yeah, it is a depressant, so it, it will have a lower vibration to it. Um, I will say one thing though, that, so all energy is neither created nor destroyed. It only manifests in different ways. So regardless if a God, if there is one God that exists or not, so much energy of faith has been put into this God that the energetic presence of that God exists. Does that make sense? So it's like, regardless if Zeus was a real person, so much faith has gone into believing that Zeus is a real person. So the energetic, like you, if you connect with that energy, you will feel the energetic imprint of Zeus. So regardless if he exists or not. So I, from my belief and, and what my experience has been, um, with alcohol, because there's been so much energy put into alcohol to like depress things, to, um, avoid feeling things, to, um, like loosen up or or like instead of being angry people depressed and then what happens when when we have repressed anger and we drink we get more angry so i think that alcohol has this bad rap and so all of that um all of the energy that comes with that reputation of thinking of how people act when they drink has been put into the energetic vibration of how alcohol um how you'll see alcohol but with that being said, it is a depressant. It does have a lower vibration effect on the body and it will, it will create a, a lower vibration in your body if you're regularly consuming it. Um, I think that there's everything 
I, I think things can be shifted a little bit through intention. So if your intention is to like have a glass of wine to relax, like that's going to be a lot different than just to go to a bar and have a couple of glasses of wine. You're going to wake up the next morning with the intention of having a glass of wine and taking a bath. You're going to wake up the next morning, probably feeling more refreshed than if you went to the bar and had the same glass of wine and just like went there to avoid things. Does that make sense? But in the same respect, alcohol is going to lower the vibration of someone who's consuming it on a regular basis, which will then turn over into your, um, your aura coming off as more depressed. Like, so if someone could see energy, it'll, our auras can go up to 12 feet. So it'll actually be more, um, condensed to the body, the physical body. Um, or you will just literally feel like, feel like crap the next day. You'll have sinusy issues. You'll have issues with your throat because what are you repressing from drinking alcohol? That's all connected to the throat. You'll just not feel the best, so on and so forth. But yeah, definitely. I think that it's really cool that you're able to see, uh, the dark, energy of alcohol because it is something that um, a lot of healers who will continue on their journey, they naturally stop drinking um, or stop drinking as frequently because of the effect that it has on the body. I, I love it. So Monique, if someone wanted to reach out to you, get a hold of you, take a step closer into all the brilliance that is you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so I think the best way is through um, either my Facebook or my Instagram. My Facebook, I have, I mean, my personal Facebook page is my business Facebook page. So it's just Monique Hayes. And then I also have a business page, Monique Hayes Healing. Um, and then my Instagram is just at Monique Hayes Healing. So those are the best ways. I'm very informal with the way I communicate with people. So if something that connected with you on this or you want more information, like don't hesitate to message me. I say that with an underlying exclamation point. Like don't hesitate to reach out. And I will make sure that in the show notes of this episode, if you press pause, go to the show notes, there'll be a one-click link to go right to all of Monique's social media so you can connect with her and uh, just say thanks and, and see where it goes. Monique, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I love everything that you shared. It means the world to me to share time and space. This has been really, really cool for me. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. You're very welcome. Welcome.